Good afternoon and uh, uh, welcome back for our uh, afternoon session. Uh, I'm delighted to uh, welcome uh, Philip Bruce to um, present to us this afternoon. He's going to talk about uh, Hill and Gold, of which he's the um, CEO. It's, uh, I don't know how many of you um, have been to Hillend. I've been there several times myself uh, as I have fallen a, a passing interest in um, Philip's activities. And it's, it's a wonderful spot, a very picturesque place um, that uh, at the end of the 19th century had had the population of, uh, uh, of 10 or 20,000 perhaps, and now I think only has uh, one or 200. It's a, it's a place that Philip uh, with his activities is, is, is reinvigorating. It's also historically interesting in that it is where the Holtzman Nugget, the largest gold nugget ever found in the history of the world, was pulled from the ground. So uh, it's, it's interesting from many different angles. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to Philip's presentation this afternoon. Thanks for inviting me, and um, you know, it's always a pleasure to talk about something that you're passionate about. Um, I'm a mining engineer, uh, been in the business for about 30 years, uh, so the presentation will tend to be a little more uh, technically oriented. I'll be looking at the uh, background to what we're doing there, a bit of the history and a bit of the, uh, the mining, geology, and uh, why it's uh, so difficult to get gold out of the ground. The project we have is at uh, Hill End and another one that we have up the road called Hargraves. These are both historical gold fields and uh, they were the areas where back in the 1870s uh, they were mining out uh, large lumps of gold, uh, causing gold rushes. Um, Hill End in fact uh, was the catalyst for the startup of the stock exchange in Australia and at Hargraves the uh, area there was the uh, site of the first hard rock mining in Australia. So uh, just uh, getting on to where we actually are, this is uh, going to work or not? Uh, it's probably because it's on a different machine, maybe a bit slower. I'll tell you where we are. That's where we are, which is about three hours out of Sydney. Canberra is just down here. The uh, the area that we have is uh, one of the hot spots in Australia for gold production. Uh, Cadia is uh, one of the biggest mines in Australia. Cow is over here. And uh, Hargraves and Hillend are actually along a very strong zone of mineralisation there, which is carrying uh, a gold endowment, which is similar to what you get down in Bendigo and Ballarat. That uh, covered zone through there are all pretty well the, the same uh, rocks uh, with uh, uh, sediments, volcanics. It's all about uh, 300, 400 million years old. Um, at uh, Byram, where we are there, there's also the extension of the Bendigo zone underneath the uh, Murray Valley sediments as well. So uh, in this part of uh, Australia, through, through Stall, through Bendigo Ballarat, uh, up through here, there's probably about uh, 200 million ounces of uh, gold endowment that has either been found or has uh, been interpreted to be there. Certainly down in Victoria, they've pulled about 50, 60 million ounces out of the Victorian gold fields. And recently they've said, well, they believe there's another 70 million ounces still there. Up in uh, the Hargraves Hillend area, we've been uh, working since about uh, 1993 as uh, the company that we have. And prior to that, uh, there have been people who have been working on and off uh, for the last 150 years. 
but uh, certainly a, an area where there's a lot of gold uh, in Canberra. I don't know why there's, why there's a yellow spot there, but there's a yellow spot there as well. The uh, mineralisation that we have is aligned along this zone here, which is called uh, an anticline running up through there. And we've got about uh, 100 kilometres of strike length of these anticlines, which in that area all carry strong gold mineralisation. There's uh, gold deposits that have been sticking out of the ground that are all the way along there. And as I say, the uh, area is quite historical. Uh, this one here at Ofa, this is the area where uh, the chap uh, Hargraves, uh, back in the 1850s, uh, was um, uh, presenting himself as a discoverer of gold. And in fact, Ofa, they uh, put down as having the, the first uh, payable gold in Australia. And uh, then after that, the Victorians uh, were in competition with New South Wales as well. Nevertheless, um, it all started, uh, gold doesn't grow on trees like money. Uh, it actually gets, uh, it comes up from uh, uh, below the ground in um, uh, fluids that are loosened up from the, the rocks underneath. And you see it as alluvial gold, which is after it's been weathered out and it's sitting on the ground, or as uh, part of the rock, and I'll pass around these rocks I've got here, which have uh, uh, got some gold sticking out of them, so uh, it shouldn't be too hard to find, but there's a little bit there that you can see, and that's the, the way we see it as uh, gold in quartz. The gold we have is quite, is quite coarse. In fact, it's uh, some of the coarsest gold in Australia. Um, and uh, in the old days, as Marcus was saying, they actually pulled out world record bits as well. So this is, uh, well, for the geos, uh, it's a geological uh, time frame from about 440 to 350 million years ago. Where we are, there was a pull-apart basin, there were volcanoes producing fluids. It got squashed up and then uh, a little bit later the uh, gold came through from underneath. And if you looked at it, you've got a trough like that, which is 10 kilometres deep. That's all sediment, uh, volcanics, you've got uh, quite strong volcanic action on both sides. Again, it's a 400 million years ago, you know, it wasn't yesterday. So there's actually a, a lot of um, history has gone on between then and now as to moving things about, folding, and if it was just a matter of joining up the dots and saying, well, here's where the gold is because we know it's there, that'd be easy. But uh, it does take a bit of technical effort to work out exactly where it is and more particularly where the best stuff is. Well, after a little while, that was uh, crushed up and uh, the gold actually came through underneath. And uh, the rocks that we have uh, in the central zone there, that's the hill and decline, that's where we are. And as you, as you know, that's where the gold came out and that's what we have as a deposit, which uh, happened about 350 million years ago. We're um, now mining that. Uh, the zone is uh, quite continuous, as I say, over about 100 kilometres. And it's a similar uh, mode of occurrence for most of the gold here in eastern Australia. When the gold comes up, it gets squirted out as part of the rock as uh, fluid, but the fluid is quartz. It actually settles out as rock after it's cooled down. And as it's coming up from 10, 20 kilometres down and gets to within some distance of surface, it actually explodes. You actually get this boiling off of the fluids as well. So you, you do get a lot of um, breakage of the rocks. The rocks actually get pushed apart. So the gold, as it turns out, uh, in, the, in the quartz, does tend to be actually inside the quartz. You've got to break it up to get it out. Sometimes it's in sulphides. You actually have to dissolve the sulphides. We're very fortunate in that our gold being relatively coarse, we can uh, crush it uh, quite uh, finely, and that's really enough just to get the gold out. I mean, it's quite unique um, in Australia, and uh, certainly amongst the best in the world in terms of 
the least amount of effort for the most gold out. So our project pipeline there, we've um, got a bit of a incompatibility with the frontier, but development at uh, Hill End is currently going on at a relatively low output. The gold, again, you've got to be looking at uh, a reliable estimate for the resources that you're developing so that you have confidence in, sorry to duck and weave, <laughs> you have, so that you have confidence in the um, outcome. Uh, you need to have a uh, statistically uh, reliable sample. So when you have coarse gold, when you have big chunks of gold, you've actually got to take many tonnes of it to get a statistically reliable sample for the estimation that you're making. So we set up a, a small sample plant uh, here at uh, Hill End, doing of the order of 10 tonnes a day. We've now increased it to about 100 tonnes a day, and that's producing gold out at the same time as producing information for the estimation of our resources and the guys while they're working underground can see where the uh, zones are going, how the uh, mineralisation is uh, sitting in the rocks and which are the areas or the features that are the characteristics that we're wanting to chase to find the, uh, the best uh, gold mineralisation. So that's what we're doing at Hill End now. We're currently growing it in fact. Uh, this year we're, we're now looking to expand it to around about the 40, 50,000 ounces a year. We've gone through that proving stage and now we're looking at the, um, the early, um, let's say the, the ramp up to production um, as part of the, the current exercise that we're doing now. So it's expanding the mine, expanding the plant, putting more people in. We have uh, uh, three underground uh, drill rigs at the moment, uh, drilling out underground. So, uh, and we've got 70 people working there as well. So as uh, Marcus was saying earlier on, it started out uh, as a, uh, area that was uh, quite a, a popular spot for, um, uh, for artisanal mining uh, back in the 1850s, 1870s. It was known as the richest quarter mile in the world and uh, uh, mining out uh, large pieces of gold. Uh, we're finding that um, uh, we're doing the sampling, doing the drilling. We're also getting to the point now where we've got that uh, project uh, is ready to be um, uh, opened up as a more productive project. But the number of people we've got there almost outweighs the number of people in town. We've got about 70 people on our books, and I think the total population of Hill is about 100. So um, it's come down from around about the, the 20,000, uh, around about 150 years ago, to just a few people. But we're looking at uh, Hill End. The next one is Hargraves, which is 30 kilometres up the road, which is part of the same trend. And we're looking between them all, looking at producing around about 150, 250,000 ounces a year. So. Just here in central New South Wales, just that old sleepy town, we're looking at building uh, quite a large project. Corporate profile, this is more for a you know, corporate presentation, so we've got about 17 million in the bank, market cap 100, a few shares on issue, reasonably clever people on the board, um, uh, we've got uh, commercial people as well as technical people. That's our project direction we're going at Hill End, what we're doing there, what the scope is we're designing it towards, Hargrave similarly so. Uh, that's uh, something like the, the rocks that you've just been looking at now. You see the gold is relatively coarse and uh, low sulphides as well. So that's some of the purest gold in situ that you get in Australia. It's about 93, 94% gold and uh, the rest is silver. And uh, we produce a, a bullion there by crushing it, recovering the gold, melting it into a bar, sending it off to the Perth Mint um, as a um, uh, natural course of events and every now and then we send one off to a small refinery in Sydney as well and they produce uh, small uh, one ounce uh, four nine bars for us 
but uh, in fact, if you're a shareholder, you're, um, uh, you're, you're able to buy. Um, nevertheless, uh, gold is relatively uh, coarse, but you can see it, uh, it's going to take a bit of work to get out. Uh, back in the old days, they used to just pick it up and carry it away, but um, uh, you can see the guy there, um, Holterman, he's got a piece of gold, uh, about 30% gold, that um, nugget. Um, he's actually a specimen from underground, still holds the world's record as the largest piece of gold ever mined from underground. Came from a spot there in the old workings, that's our workings there, over about uh, five, six hundred metres. And the old workings where it was found is about 60 metres below surface there. We've got in underground and we've opened up uh, most of that and we've got uh, resources that we've identified that are worthwhile opening up uh, as a project. That's the way it looks now. The line of load is down through there. You've got the, uh, the scree slope where the, uh, the old waste material was thrown over the side. Each of those guys who had a shaft there, he had uh, 30 feet allocated to it. So basically the width of this room, that was his allocation for his lease uh, along that line of load. And uh, back in the days when they were allocating those uh, leases, they were working on a, uh, an alluvial arrangement. So it was like, well, he gets that much of a creek line or that much of a line of load. And uh, he, if he makes it good, if he doesn't, then he can join up with his mates alongside. Through that area there, there were people that had um, uh, their 30 feet, their 9 metres or so, and uh, they were pulling out 20, 30,000 ounces out of that one lease. So you're looking at uh, quite high grades. The actual um, average grade for the mineralisation that was mined through there was about 10 ounces a tonne. Some places were running up uh, 40, 50 ounces a tonne. Uh, we've actually uh, had samples in uh, our area that we've been mining underneath there at over 500 ounces per tonne. So uh, that's you know, the best part of over um, half a million dollars per one tonne of rock. So um, it's uh, still carrying good grades, still well endowed. We still need to work out the continuity of all that. We've got our little plant down there. I'm sure all of you recognise that was a plant site just down there. And, and it looks a bit like that. Um, it's um, the, the portal we go underground is just behind us here and that's our small plant there and you see the guys are going around in these beefed up uh, golf carts and uh, there's uh, underground equipment and that sort of thing. But that's our plant there. It's uh, about as small as you can make a uh, underground plant and mine and uh, the fortunate part is that we don't use cyanide, we don't have chemicals, we have coarse grinding, we have a, uh, a small uh, capital uh, footprint for our um, plant. Uh, both in capital and in the environmental side. They're both uh, very, uh, very tight and very uh, uh, low risk. So um, just going back to the geology, because I know you're interested in that, that's the, um, uh, the, the way our uh, area looks. So the, the lines along the top there are where the, the structures go through. This is the fold of rocks underneath there with the, uh, the red uh, stripes down the side there, there the, the mineralised quartz veins that we're mining. And this yellow block here is actually the zone where the cross-cutting structures, which are faults, there are breaks in the rock, and that's where the gold has actually come through. Folklore was that the gold it came down from the uh, veins itself, but uh, we've seen that no, it actually comes down from or up from the structures itself, which uh, joins up with the folding system that goes down about 10 or 20 kilometres below surface. And that's mineralised right through, and you also get mineralisation over there on the western side as well that's hooked up with a, another fault system that we haven't yet traced. So that's the, the workings that we've opened up. That was our initial target. We've opened up a 1,000 metres of development up to there. We put a shaft in there of about 250 metres uh, height, and uh, that was our initial target out there that we mined 
and from here to there, as I say, is about 1,000 metres underground. So by the time you get up to the end there, you're under 250 metres of rock, and you're looking to uh, mine out these uh, individual zones. We've also found some very wide zones as well. So the initial target was about 160,000 tonnes at 17 grams, about 90,000 ounces. We've now got over about 230,000 ounces at uh, 660 tonnes, 1,000 uh, tonnes. So still opening it up, still getting bigger, and um, it's, uh, so far it's been good. We also see that there's much more there. We see that the uh, zone all the way along there has had workings all along it. Uh, some of these were just fossicking to see if there's anything there. A lot of them are actually uh, quite uh, high grade. Um, Germantown, this one here, they were saying there that the rock was held together by the gold. They actually had to unfold the gold to get the rock out. Um, so <laughs> it's, it is, it's, it's quite a rich area. Um, but uh, those, those high-grade pockets, they actually occur only in small bits. What we found is that the continuity of the um, zones that uh, include those very high-grade zones are actually very continuous, which is good as well. So we're just going to have a closer look at that one there called Hawkins Hill Reward. That's there, that's a long section. Um, so you're looking at a stripe of ground uh, that is about uh, 300 metres deep and that's about 800 metres long, kilometres long, something like that. We've uh, gone through from the, uh, uh, the valley which is out here, along here as you remember, up through this shaft. We've got um, mineralisation we found in uh, all those areas there and we've got uh, more mineralisation uh, up in the top part and to the south. So there's actually extensive mineralisation all the way through there that we're currently opening up. Um, and we've got, say, there's about, uh, at any one time, there's probably, say, 10, 15 people working underground and about uh, the same on surface out in the plant area and making everything happen. So uh, pretty good for the town, pretty good for us, and uh, it's still, uh, still going on. Up the north end here, that's still town, the hill end town, and it starts just off the side of the page here. So uh, there's actually a national park over the top of the town. Um, there's um, uh, all sorts of people to deal with when you're working uh, under a national park. Um, and uh, they, they are all very happy to have us there. They see us as uh, part of the mining heritage. We're just the, the next chapter in the history of this place. Going down the shaft, uh, we've actually put in, a, again, another relatively um, innovative exercise. We put down a, a building lift. So this is a, uh, the small orange box you see, boxes you see climbing up the side of buildings. We filled up the, uh, the shaft, uh, which is a round hole. You can see it's, a, it's an eight, eight foot round hole there. We, uh, we bored down, or bored up, and uh, then we put this uh, steelwork in with the cage in there. That's us putting it in. It took us three days to drop all the steelwork down. Um, it's all good Chinese steel, so the uh, last river. Um, the, um, uh, the, the shaft is actually, you can actually pull it out and put it somewhere else. So um, it's, it's made for um, uh, modular uh, breakup and moving somewhere else. And the idea was when we first put it in was, well, let's see if all this works. Let's see if the continuity is there. Um, it uh, looks like the design is going to be good. Let's put this in in a uh, relatively uh, cheap and um, small scale way. What we found is that, well, well hey, it's just getting bigger and bigger. And uh, this is now uh, part of the, uh, the system that we're using to access the uh, ground, but uh, it's also uh, just part of uh, just one part of the access that uh, we're opening up. So that's the shaft through there. We put in 10 levels uh, off the bottom there to the top. It's about 250 metres. These are the zones of mineralisation. You can see the stacked veins. You've got an on-echelon set. Some of them are very wide. They can be up to uh, 20 metres wide. 
Uh, some of the zones are running up to, as I say, like 5,500 ounces a ton, and um, but uh, the, the nominal sort of uh, average grades are closer to about 10 to 15 uh, uh, grams a ton overall, which again is still quite rich from the point of view of a, um, uh, a project. Um, that's uh, the arrow points where the gold has come from. You can see the brown stuff on this side is actually the same rock as the left-hand side, but it's been cooked up by those fluids coming through. At, uh, They've come through at about 500 degrees centigrade and, uh, and had the gold dissolved in it and the gold just drops out uh, a bit like a pressure cooker when you take the top off, it all just, you know, everything precipitates out. A um, bit more of the geology, uh, again just saying, showing the continuity of the mineralisation, uh, that's the zone that we see now, that's uh, currently being drilled out, this one here is uh, looking like it's a very persistent um, uh, zone, up here is where the, uh, the big nugget was found. And that uh, zone through there is just one of many that we see is um, carrying the very high grade zones of mineralisation. The, um, oh, there's the nugget up there, sorry I left that off. Um, we've got this new emmet zone over here, the average grade on there is about 35 grams which is just over an ounce per tonne and uh, again a relatively uh, high grade. And uh, through the north end there up against uh, a feature that is called a cross course, a net emmet's cross course. There's a zone there that we see is uh, well endowed with gold from surface all the way to the bottom of the page there. So we've got a fair bit of work um, to do uh, in uh, opening up that, but we see that the uh, prospectivity for that end at depth, along strike, is uh, just as good as what we've been mining out. Bit of geology, that's how the guys work it out. Um, that's a geologist doing some work. Uh, there's a geologist doing some more work. You can see how the, uh, the rocks, uh, there's a, a benching stack we've done, see the slot we've cut out. That's just looking at, in the sampling process, just looking at, well, how continuous is this stuff? Can you join the dots up in terms of grade? Is there any feature, any structural feature, or within the vein itself that says, well, here's where the gold is. When we uh, went through and we had a closer look, yeah, you can see, look, there are these zones of mineralisation that are contained within an envelope. Again, it's a sort of geological feature, a bit like ripples on a beach, where you're getting cross currents and that sort of thing actually happening within the rock itself. So you're getting these uh, zones of mineralisation that are running, uh, each one of those is probably running at about five ounces a tonne, something like that. Again, that's sampling, um, that's a geo's mapping and looking at stuff. Uh, that's a wide zone, you get um, uh, wide zones of this mineralisation as well. Uh, these bits of quartz are um, uh, like that in the rock and uh, you, you mine it out and you pour it out. Uh, so that's what we've been doing over the uh, year or so. We're doing some sampling, now we're increasing the uh, size of the project. Uh, we've got a couple of little hammer mills there, those blue ones there. We're able to batch the material through because when you're doing the uh, reconciliation of the sample work you're doing against where it came from, you've got to be able to say, well, here's where the gold came from, here's what we got out clean out the plant clean as a whistle so all that equipment there was cleaned out within 15 minutes all the gold that we took out of a parcel going through 10 tons five tons that sort of size we were able to account for we poured a bar against that i mean it was was quite an elongated uh, geological exercise that was more based on sampling theory and allowed us to be um, um, quite confident in the estimates we did because they're based on solid information so we've got a few extra bits now, the plant looks a little different, uh, it actually is doing up to about 120 tonnes a day and uh, that's really just starting from something relatively small. <coughs> this costs us less than a million which again is um, quite, a, uh, quite a feat to uh, put a plant together for something so cheap. 
Um, this is a wave table. It looks like a uh, wave machine, which is exactly what it is. And the gold goes in at the top with all the rock out of the uh, concentrator after it's been crushed down. It ends up like that along a, uh, a band as a beach at the top. So you end up with uh, the gold coming out as uh, sandy particles. It uh, looks like uh, that at uh, a coarser size. And then we put it all together, we melt it, we send it off to the Perth Mint. People say, well, why do you do that? Just, you know, we're shareholders, give it to us, you know? But, uh, <laughs> we, we, but we've been um, um, producing bars that uh, are made from this material, and uh, as I say, they're one ounce bars, which are four nines, they're GST free, um, and uh, the shareholders love them. So uh, we'll, we'll keep that going as a separate thing. Uh, we set up a gold sales um, um, arm on our website, uh, which is all very interesting, uh, but you know, something completely different for a you know, mining engineer. So here we are, we're doing Hargraves now. Hargraves is uh, probably even better than uh, Hill End. It's about 35 kilometres to the north up there. And it's up uh, close to the Mudgee where the wineries are. And um, there's a, a zone there that we're saying goes right through, but this spot up at Hargraves was the site of the first hard rock mining in Australia. And uh, the way they did it was you know, there was a 50 kilo piece of gold sticking out of the ground, they chipped it off and they put it in the bank. Now, it was, it was very rich, uh, was the largest, uh, well, it's the largest big nugget field in the world. Uh, lots of uh, 2,000 up to 3,000 ounce nuggets that they're stumbling over in the creeks. So um, you just you just don't see that. But um, because it was coarse gold, coarse gold, as I said, statistical issues, larger sampling, you know, degree of difficulty, different to just lining the drill rigs up across the horizon, the horizon, and drawing it out. Um, I worked in, well, I worked in many places, but in Western Australia, uh, back in the 80s, that's basically what we're doing. Just, well, here's a patch of ground, we think the gold goes through here, we just line the rigs up, join up all the dots, put up an open pit, and start mining it. This one takes a little bit of extra effort, and that's why it's still sitting there. So, Hargraves up the north here. Hargraves is uh, a bunch of uh, these same structures going through. Gold has come up from the middle. From the bottom, it's uh, opened up a, uh, a zone of um, uh, mineralisation about uh, five kilometres wide, uh, four or five wide there, about six, uh, ten long. Uh, the main zone we're looking at is this uh, Big Nugget Hill, which is about six kilometres long, and that's the first structure we're working on. Uh, Big Nugget Hill was where they, they got this 50 kilo piece of gold. It's also the one that's uh, sticking out of the ground and quite accessible, so you know, we don't like to do things, you know, Anyway, it's too difficult, but uh, we're currently drilling out a 12,000 metre program on that, uh, which is about a million dollars worth. We did about um, a 4,000 metre program last year and uh, came up with a bunch of um, mineralised zones that are looking quite good. It um, actually looks, um, um, you've probably heard of Bendigo, as an um, uh, area where historically uh, quite a, a large project. Uh, we found that uh, the mineralisation that we have is very similar to Bendigo. That's a Bendigo um, uh, cross-section there. Um, ours is, at uh, Hargraves, is uh, uh, much more densely mineralised. There's more gold uh, in the quartz veins. Uh, we're finding that the zones are uh, down to about 400 metres, uh, quite closely packed, and there's about six of them, about 20 metres high. Whereas at uh, Bendigo, you've got to go down uh, about 150 to 100 metres for each one to get to a reef. And uh, so far, they're down uh, mining down here, somewhere around about a thousand metres down, and uh, ours is uh, sticking out of the, the ground. So, um, again, relatively coarse, probably coarser than Hill End. Uh, we'll go down here with a, um, uh, again, a relatively small project. We'll probably start this one at 
200,000 uh, tonnes per year and uh, look at uh, moving it up to about a million, million and a half tonnes per year over time. So um, this is uh, quite well endowed. As I said, uh, the mineralisation that's been drilled out is again one of these long sections. That's our drilling in red. Uh, we're currently drilling off to the uh, south there now, to the west, to the left-hand side of the page. And uh, the zones of mineralisation we picked up with these ones here. There's about six or seven there. We've uh, been drilling uh, just down to the uh, south there, continuing this program off to the south. And we've picked them up again. We've drilled down, uh, I think, a couple of holes. We've got one down to about 300 and something. And again, you're getting these same zones continuing on. So, big project. Needs a bit of work to just put together the resources. There's no resource on it yet, but uh, we can see that there's uh, continuity. We can, we can predict where these uh, zones go through, and that's what you're looking for. Confidence in prediction and a, um, a doable project. Um, Hillen, that's what Hillen looks like. That's again, uh, that's a one for the uh, experts. That's, a, our, that's our drilling there in the middle of town. Um, here's our office uh, up here. Uh, it's the old undertaker's office. Um, there's a bunch of churches and uh, old houses and things like that. But as I said, it's, uh, it's, it's quite a, a good uh, tourist spot. It's very quiet. We're off down the side. Um, you've got uh, some innocent bystanders up here on the, uh, the hill, just keeping an eye on what's going on. Um, and uh, again, a fairly strong artistic community as well. Um, there's uh, people uh, like uh, Lino uh, down in this one here. He wins awards for his pottery. We've got uh, Archibald Prize artists, um, Drysdale, Whiteley, you know, they were all painting up there. Um, they, uh, they particularly loved uh, the, uh, uh, the old uh, rustic stuff and the, uh, the, the broken down houses and the blasted landscape. We've tried to improve that a little bit. Um, haven't tried to plant too many trees in the wrong place, but uh, we've won awards with uh, the work we've been doing, employing uh, a couple of the local kids as well cleaning up uh, areas that were just just destroyed uh, to make them look like that. So, um, yeah, good for project, good for the community, uh, and we see good for shareholders. So, uh, down in the um, uh, Murray Basin, uh, we've got another project. Just a, This is just a small pickup. Again, it said uh, 50 million ounces taken out of this area down here. Um, still 70 million ounces. The Victorian government reckon is on their side of the border. Uh, we see that uh, there's a little bit underneath uh, our side as well, so we pegged this lot here, and uh, we uh, um, are looking at um, uh, mining there as well. Eventually, uh, we're down on the uh, Murray Valley now, uh, doing some uh, geophysical work, just working out where the depth of the basement is. As you probably remember, the uh, Murray Valley is a uh, uh, really just a, a, a basin filled with uh, Murray uh, River sediments and uh, beach uh, sands and. Uh, in some places, it's down to 3,000 uh, metres deep, and uh, the, the work that was done there for um, the deeper basins, looking at coal, looking at oil and gas, we turned around and said, well, how about the shallow stuff? What's, uh, what's there as well? Because what you can do is under sediment cover, very successful in Western Australia, exactly what the Victorians are talking about, where you've got fairly shallow sediment, nobody's bothered at all. But if uh, you just go down 50 metres, you could find, uh, well, the worst thing you could find is another bendigo. Um, thanks very much. That's uh, just a bit of background about a, um, uh, a mine uh, in, uh, uh, in its growth phase, a uh, bit of the history and a bit of the, uh, the corporate background to what we're doing. And again, so think, uh, just lending a bit of, uh, bring a bit of gold in as well. I don't know if any of you found the gold in there, but uh, if you've got any questions, please ask. Uh, yes, sir.
Uh, we use gravity. It's um, uh, just uh, it, it's a it's called a Nelson concentrator. It's um, uh, a machine that uh, spins around, uh, produces uh, 60 times the force of gravity. We introduce the, uh, the the broken rock into it, and the gold sticks in the grooves on the side of it. And after we put through, we've emptied out maybe four or five times a, a ship. And we just you know, hose all the material out, and then we get the, the gold is concentrated in that material that comes out of the groove. So that's 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 our primary um, uh, collection tool for the gold. Is that much more expensive than the outside of it? Um, it's very cheap. Um, cyanide with cyanide, you've got to uh, crush it almost to a rock flour, to a um, to to very fine um, uh, flowery type of material so that the cyanide can actually get into the cracks and into the gold and dissolve it. Uh, because we're not using cyanide, we don't have to, and because our gold is quite coarse, mm. we're just breaking it down sufficient to liberate the gold from the rock itself. So we don't actually have to dissolve the gold, which is what cyanide does. So um, that being the case, then, uh, and ordinarily you can't do that uh, as a, a total processing technique. Often you have like gravity on the front end of a cyanide plant, so if there is any coarse gold, it comes out. Right. But then it all gets ground up into fine stuff and gets um, dissolved by the cyanide. Um, we just use uh, gravity. Uh, we get over 95% recovery just using this technique. And as I say, it's, um, we've actually, uh, our plant is, uh, uh, has been voted a finalist for the Mineral Processing Plant of the, of the Year Awards uh, with Australian Mining. So, um, it's, uh, it's not particularly clever, we just did what had to be done, but uh, it is um, uh, quite uh, unique in, in how easy the gold comes out of this one. When do you think you're going to pay dividends? And would you consider paying those dividends as gold in a gold account? If Perth Mint opened up gold accounts for individuals, you could take your, <laughs> you could take your refined bars of Perth, but instead of paying the dividends as cash, you could pay them as gold credits these individual gold accounts at the Perth Mint. Sure. Uh, when do you think you're going to pay <laughs> the, um, We're currently building it up so that um, uh, Hill End is Hill End is meant to uh, be running at about 100,000 tonnes a year by this time next year and at about uh, 10 grams a tonne. So we'd be looking at say 30, 40,000 ounces a year coming out of that. 40 million Revenue cost will probably be about half that, so there should be about 20 million spare. Some of that will go into Hargraves, and some hopefully will be distributed to shareholders. Okay. So um, as uh, as we do, and you know, I, I, I was MD of another company, small company with a small project like this, out of a place called Condoblin. The company was called uh, Triaco, and um, uh, we uh, again we provided a dividend to shareholders, even though we were a junior mining company. I think. Um, that's uh, it's, it's something which has appeal for, for shareholders, particularly for me. You know, I, I've got five and a half million shares. The only way I can get any funds out of it is either sell them or take them over or to get a dividend back. So I'd be keen to get that sort of thing happening. Um, as a um, uh, setting up a uh, metal account, um, I think you'd have to talk to I don't know whether you know, individuals can do that. Um, we, we've, we've only looked out from a corporate point of view. The individuals have um, metal account balance. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 There'd be, be a fee for it. Um, sure. So, and then what, uh, what we've done is the guys who are doing this uh, refining for us here in Sydney, or there in Sydney, 
Um, they also have a, like a treasury um, facility as well. So you can um, you know, have, buy your gold, you can buy 100 ounces, you have 3 million ounces, you can hold it with them and uh, they'll, they'll look after it for you. So uh, uh, as a, just as a competition, Perth Mint is, uh, uh, we found, is um, you know, sort of really interested in more of the, the larger corporate um, 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 clients. And uh, even as a smaller client, you know, we send our stuff across, we get a bit of paper, it's all sort of you know, done really well. But uh, you, you can't get your own gold out of them, that's one thing. Um, I don't know, uh, depending on how many ounces you had, whether if you had a bit of paper that said, oh, I've got you know, a million ounces in the Perth Mint, whether you'd get it next day. Um, we know, uh, well, not Perth Mint, but uh, Bank of England, who also has like um, you know, treasury facilities for private clients. Uh, one of our shareholders uh, um, had uh, substantial amounts with the Bank of England. It took a year to get it out. Oh. I want my gold. Yeah. So, um, so I think uh, you, you, you just have to look into that just to see, well, which is the best sort of treasury facility. Um, you'll probably find that a um, uh, yeah, private box somewhere in a bank is going to actually get the gold, have the gold. I think a bit of paper is probably mm -hmm. worth about that. Yes, uh, some we do. Um, where, where you get uh, high-grade gold, we tend to get uh, quite uh, friable material around it because that's where the gold and the quartz has come through. It's actually it's come into an area which is quite loose and able to be uh, filled up with uh, mineralisation. We um, find, though, that uh, the old workings are still um, self-supporting after 150 years. Uh, there are some areas that... Um, you can open up an area like this, and uh, we've seen it, and, and it's still still open. So we don't do uh, a lot of support. We only do the support uh, necessary. And uh, some areas it requires meshing. Uh, some areas requires just the odd roof bolt. Some areas doesn't require anything at all. So uh, you need to have an eye to well, always have an eye to safety, access, and uh, productivity. So um, first thing is, can the guys mine safely? Can you open it up safely? How big a, um, a hole can you open up? Do you need to leave um, pillars, which are just you know, parts of the rock that are left in situ? Or as we're looking at now, we're looking at uh, putting the tailings back underground so that the tailings themselves are actually supporting, the, helping to support the rock as well. How are you ventilating that? Sorry? How are you ventilating the uh, we started out with natural ventilation. The um, uh, area is uh, uh, on quite steep uh, topography, so you've got a 250 metre difference between the top of our one shaft and the entrance where the, uh, the uh, tunnel is. And uh, depending on the temperature, when it's hot, the, um, the air goes down, and when it's cold, the air goes up. Um, so, and when it's you know, in between, or it changes uh, you know, about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, um, you, you've just got to have, depending on whether you're blasting, who's working where, how much diesel equipment you've got underground. Um, we can use natural ventilation, more particularly when it's hot all the time or when it's cold all the time. Uh, but uh, we also have fans underground there that uh, actually pull the air out of the workings and uh, put it through the, uh, the old uh, part of the mine. So uh, it's uh, like a return airway, it's like a chimney you know, pulling out all the fumes and the um, uh, the diesel and the uh, used there as well. 
What's been your historical yield per ton? Uh, to date, we're getting I think about 14 grams a ton. Um, where it's sort of coming down to what we think will be a natural about a 10 gram per ton position. Um, just go back to the geology. You mentioned it's like in liquid form when it first comes up and feeds into the stratum. Yeah, yeah. So that's like, sub the Earth's crust. It's like part of the magma, or it's not that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, as the uh, as the molten rock, you know, which is the, the magma and volcanoes, as that's cooling down, yeah. you get um, uh, later phases of, of the rock are. Actually, uh, what they call volatiles, which are um, uh, they're still rock, but they're like liquid, and they're mixed with water, and they're quite um, they're quite fluid. When they uh, come up close to the surface, the, um, uh, the the more gaseous material bubbles off, and you end up with uh, just the the rock itself uh, crystallising out uh, within the uh, surrounding rock as it comes up. So, as as if if you've got um, uh, a, a, say a bathwith or a, you know, a uh, volcanic type uh, uh, feature under the ground. It'll either melt gold or other rocks around it, and you know, that rock will come up. So uh, carbonates, uh, you know, like uh, calcite, uh, limestone, that sort of material, um, quartz, you know, this sort of material, like the harder rock, uh, gold, and, and other sulfides, and that sort of thing. They can actually get leached out of the surrounding rock as well as being enclosed in the molten rock itself. So you get a bit of that um, remelting, you're getting a bit of the, um, uh, the, the material within the molten rock. As it's cooling down, you're ending, it up, ending up with those volatiles actually getting uh, squeezed out under pressure. Um, and uh, as I say, as they get close to the surface, they, they boil off, and uh, you end up with the mineralization squirting its way up between the rocks. So you see those. Um, just as an example, you see these uh, striker bits in here. Uh, these striker bits are um, different um, uh, episodes of the quartz coming through and then shearing off the, the next bit of uh, rock off the side. So there's like three or four different uh, episodes of quartz coming through the rock there where it's sheared off the rock as it's squirted through. And looks like around about the last one or so has brought the gold in. So there's not gold in all the bits of quartz. Uh, but uh, quartz in this particular deposit uh, tends to be the carry for the gold. But you seem to get the tendon groups of particular minerals together, like gold, silver, and copper, they're generally together. Correct. But maybe not lead or zinc. What causes well, the localization of stratification? Um, I'm not a geologist. Oh. So I won't make it up, but, <laughs> but uh, simply you do get. Um, um, just in different parts of the crust you get different rocks that are, are generated um, from the point of view of either being uh, like dark um, uh, like core material or mantle material that's come up, you get some of those carrying diamonds, you get uh, the, the darker rock, uh, not this so much, but basalt, you know, what they use for um, road base and that sort of thing. That's uh, volcanic material, it's actually been remelted from the mantle. Um, you get uh, uh, what are called subduction zones alongside continents, where you actually get um, crust which has been formed on the bottom of the sea, which has got a lot of water in it, it's got a lot of sand, got a lot of sediment, got a lot of bugs and stuff. That gets squeezed under uh, continents. So that actually ends up getting remelted and coming back up underneath uh, these areas. So there's a whole lot of mixing that's been going on, and uh, you do get uh, areas where you end up with. Um, <coughs> one mineral or another. 
with gold, you tend to get uh, silver. Now, I think that's just a chemical thing. You know, the, the gold and the silver tends to dissolve in the same sort of um, uh, volatile fluid. Maybe so. <laughs> we also get, um, as uh, what we call indicator minerals, we also get uh, sphalerite and galena. Now, again, that, that uh, came up as part of the volatile mix. It came up from under the ground. And it's, um, it's been seen here you know, right through the whole rock and fold belt. Because where you get gold, you often get those uh, indicator minerals associated with it as well. Um, so uh, yeah, you, you can pick a signature. Like I worked in Kalgoorlie for, for a few years. You get tellurium mixed with the gold. You get tellurite. And you actually get half a dozen different tellurite you know, minerals. And they can pick with somebody's you know, stolen the, the, the gold. I can see this came from North Cabula, this came from KMA, Mount Charlotte. Because of the, the, the signature of the um, mineralogy that's associated with the gold, it can be that site specific. Mm. Sorry I didn't bring one of the bars down, but maybe next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, well, thanks, Mike. Philip, could you um, thank you very much, David Evans, by the way, for asking the question that I was otherwise going to have to ask myself, which is um, would you pay dividends in gold? You, you, you talked about um, Hill End, obviously, but I, I, if you could, could you say something in general about whether you think in future the gold industry itself would be looking at doing that sort of thing for its shareholders, or would that be, would that be um, too confronting an idea uh, for, for the whole industry? I, I found, and I've worked in big companies and small companies, um, I found in bigger ones they tend to be institutional and you get what you get. Um, small ones, there's uh, a lot more influence uh, from shareholders, can be brought to bear on corporate direction. And um, I've got a meeting with the Shareholders Association this afternoon here in Canberra, so <laughs> I'll probably have their say. But um, there's, uh, um, I would say, a, a real need for, for shareholders, just to put the question. You know, I have, I have uh, shareholders ring me up and say, well, can you do this, can you do that? That's a good idea, you know, why not? You know, why not? And um, there's uh, you know, no reason why not. If it's uh, sensible for the company to do it as a way of paying the shareholders, there may be some issues to do with setting it all up. Uh, you know, we went through a fair bit of um, effort setting up a gold sales um, spot on our website. Mastercard and business plan and Commonwealth Bank and you know, the whole business plan that you know, required a completely different um, approach to it from mining. And uh, I'd say that uh, if there was a, a desire and a, um, a call for it, and there was for the company, I'd say more particularly uh, an advantage, and whether it was happy shareholders or you know, another way of providing shareholders with a benefit that was seen as uh, something that would appeal for. Uh, uh, their shareholders or you know, uh, the investment community to become a shareholder, then uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's something that could happen. Um, I think in terms of the physical gold, um, as I say, it's, it's much easier to sort of hand out bits of paper, much easier to hand out money. I mean, it's, uh, to actually handle the physical gold does require a little extra effort, and uh, uh, that would have to be built into whatever the arrangements were in um, providing the dividend. As we do, we've um, these things, you have a, uh, a loss on refinery. We send the gold bars, or the gold bars go to the mint, to the refinery. They get melted down. Every time you melt them, as we've had to do with uh, producing these little bars because they produce granules, you get refinery loss. You lose, I don't know, half percent, one percent, something like that. 
So you end up with a, um, a bit that uh, gets lost, you end up having to, you know, there's costs and that sort of stuff. So, but yeah, why not? Yeah. Why not? Thank you. Okay. Well, thanks everybody. Thanks.